time. Greg Bishop and the Council Roundup. Well, last week I was off, but so was the City Council because they have five Tuesdays in the month, so they took last week off, so we didn't miss a thing. Uh, so that's good. Um, but last night was a committee of the whole deciding which ordinances go on consent and which ordinances go on debate agenda. And uh, pretty uh, jam-packed agenda, including a uh, settlement of a lawsuit. That's the first ordinance up for consideration at last night's Springfield City Council meeting. Here is uh, how that ordinance played out. An ordinance authorizing payment of $128,000 for settlement of central District of Illinois Federal Court Case 19-CV-3093, Andrew Denlevy versus City of Springfield and James O. Langfelder. Move for debate. Second. It's been moved and second. We sent 2023-380 on to the Council to do pass recommendation for the debate agenda discussion. Hearing no discussion, all those in favor signify by saying aye. Mr. Aye. Chair. Mr. Chair. So uh, former uh, Springfield Mayor Jim Langfelder was there to explain a bit. I think it should be appealed. The case should be appealed. And... Uh, one thing with regards to the ordinance, to add clarity, it should include the jury's judgment. And so I did uh, bring the amendment uh, to add that language uh, for clarity and add transparency. And if I could just pass it out real quick. So he passes it out, but uh, what we have here is, uh, let me just read to you a description. Uh, the ordinance authorizing payment of $128,000 for settlement in that court case of uh, Andrew Dunlevy uh, versus the city of Springfield and James O. Langfelder. The ordinance authorizes payment for the settlement of Central District Court case regarding wrongful termination because of his race. And uh, you've got uh, the mayor that uh, handed out a, uh, a document of sorts that uh, kind of spells this out. But let's hear a little bit more from Mayor James Langfelder, former mayor of Springfield, as to uh, what he wants to see happen here. The fifth whereas, I'm going from memory, just uh, list Mr. Dunleavy's uh, willing to uh, accept the settlement of $128,000. I think it should uh, read, um, and it's on the document coming around, and again, you can discuss it next week, where to read, whereas the jury awarded a judgment of $1 against the city and $0 against James O. Langfelder, and whereas the city and Mr. Dunleavy are willing to settle this lawsuit in the total amount of $128,000 for lost wages and attorney fees. And then you can go on from there. But in my own opinion, in addition to the plaintiff and attorneys, should uh, uh, provide an itemized invoice if they haven't already. That should be included with the ordinance, but I don't know, legalities with regards to that. But again, personally, I believe the case should be appealed. But if the city council wants to settle the case, the ordinance should be amended as requested for clarity and transparency. So, again, you you've got much. this uh, measure that's uh, uh, in front of the city council, and we'll see what happens there. Uh, but uh, next it's up... authorizing a sub-recipient agreement, 102301-5, with Memorial Behavioral Health and Payment in the amount of $250,505 pursuant to ICJIA grant number 102301 for the Springfield Police Department. Motion. So that's $250,000 for a uh, particular uh, ordinance dealing with homelessness. Another one... Is, authorizing a subreciprocal agreement 102301-2 with Washington Street Mission and payment in the amount of $377,937 pursuant to ICJIA grant number 102301 for the Springfield Police Department. So that makes it over $600,000 for this initiative. Alderman Sean Gregory had some questions. 
Um, I, I just have some questions on um, not only uh, 385, but 387. Um, I, I, I have full respect for Washington Street Mission and what they do, and I think the, the premises of the grant and what, what that's for uh, fits that. I do have some questions on the other two um, that, that I will talk with Corporation Council about and be ready to make my vote next week. Okay. Thank you. Okay, back. So uh, the ordinance is obviously uh, several here to deal with uh, tackling the homeless population. One, Another Solid one. Rock Youth Transitional Services and payment in the amount of $587,500 pursuant to ICJIA grant number 102301 for the Springfield Police Department. A motion. So now we've got over a million dollars for this initiative. Uh, here's more questions. You know, I've been around a long time and dealt with a lot of different groups, but I'm unaware of who this Solid Rock Youth Transitional service who are they so the police chief ken scarlett's got up to address those questions here he is in front of the council uh, some of you may remember we had we we're here uh, when you all approved the acceptance of this pilot program from the state of illinois we we're one of four cities selected um, to create a we're given three million dollars to create a co-responder program of our choice um, we utilize the homelessness epidemic uh, here in our community and um, as you notice in the ordinance that you um, put on the consent agenda back in May, it had all the lists of the agencies that were going to be paid. So essentially what we did is we took uh, our subject matter experts on homelessness, which would be our homeless outreach team, uh, and their contacts in our community, the ones that we'd already established working relationships with uh, that were helping us through the homelessness crisis. Um, and they were essentially um, made aware of this grant. Um, they had the option to come up with proposals, proposals that they then had to submit to the state, and it was ultimately the state that decided uh, which agencies would receive funding based upon their proposals. So, so that's the uh, police chief talking about this. We'll have more on this because they had other ordinances. Right now, the total is over a million dollars for these programs. But what other programs are there and what other questions do aldermen have? We'll uh, tackle that next year with the council roundup on WMAY. All right, back with the council roundup. Last night's Springfield City Council meeting, uh, dealing with a whole bunch of ordinances looking to fund opportunities to combat homelessness in the city of Springfield. We heard a little bit from the police chief. But let's now hear from the assistant chief, uh, Josh Stunkel. He was there as well to uh, lay out uh, his understanding of how these grants are coming together uh, for the city to use for uh, co-responder programs and, and tackling the homelessness issue. Addresses a very specific need in the homeless community, and that is foster children. Um, it was one that when we began this, I didn't have a lot of uh, past knowledge of or understanding of, but when you talk to uh, some of the people who are dealing with our homeless community, it was definitely a gap in the services, and so that is why we uh, chose to fund them, but that is the focus of, uh, of that group. So, so what are they providing? I mean, Alderman what Williams. particular part of the homeless, I guess? I don't know. Um, specifically towards kids who are aging out of the foster system and don't have anywhere to go. So they will be providing services and um, I believe housing, I'd have to look specifically. Um, and they were essentially um, made aware of this grant. Um, they had the option to come up with proposals. proposals. So I would like for them to present or do something. So, but we have it on debate, so we'll, we'll be able to take care of that. And then, you know, questions like, well, how, how often do they age out and how many? age out that would be a part of this, you know, problem. So, would, but we can deal with it next week if you wish. I would suggest that you have them here next week and yeah. there'll be other questions and 
And, uh, so, yeah, obviously yes, other questions fine. in all of this. So um, more on the uh, issue last night with uh, more dollars coming into the fray uh, for, for these programs. Here's uh, last night's uh, Springfield City Council I, I meeting with like, uh, Alderman Sean Gregory asking even more questions. I, I just feel like that this, um, granted, when it was submitted, for some reason, it, it's sort of different from the original goal. Um, of, of what that co-pilot, co-pilot program was, you know, originally, originally to be. And I could be mistaken, but um, it, it's sort of going off off scope a little bit. I have a, um, some definite experience with foster care and aging out in foster care and, and things of that nature. And I, I, I definitely, definitely know how important that is in our community. Um, but I, but I, I, I I just, I just feel like we, we, we are shifting so many funds to, to, um, and we have some other funds for it. And, and, and what I haven't seen is, is us do a lot of, um, the things that we've talked about with violence prevention and, and really what I see just does. I'm, I'm sort of curious how, you know, um, we, we got the funding so fast, you know, um, with this when I know there's other, other, I see your grantees that's sort of struggling in that matter. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Keep in mind, this is a pilot program we were selected for by Governor Pritzker in the mm-hmm. state of Illinois. This mm-hmm. has been ongoing for well over a year. Uh, every facet of this grant was approved by ICJA. Well, this is not something that we just said, let's pick A, B, C, and D. This is uh, as went through the entire grant process, proposals. They, again, these organizations had to submit proposals to the state who then in turn accepted their proposals. Okay. Springfield Police Department simply is overseeing uh, this entire um, grant, if you will. Um, again, I, I'm, I'm not the subject matter expert when it comes to homelessness, and that's why we rely on these agencies within our community to help us with some of these problems. I, I totally understand, and I think we have some great agencies in our community to really help with um, people experience homeless. Um, that's why I, was, I had no problem approving Washington Street Mission. Um, and more from uh, the police here, uh, Stunkel uh, jumps in as well to uh, elaborate on these programs and more. You know, when we started going through this and we started receiving proposals, it started with us receiving notification that we were going to be getting this money. We uh, decided we already had a co-pilot, um, co-responder program in the works, social workers riding with police officers. Um, we had other funding for specifically towards violent crime. And when they said, hey, we've got $3 million towards a problem in Springfield, you picked the problem. We chose homelessness. We started reaching out to partners who were already working with our homeless outreach team for proposals. We had several proposals. We sent several of those to ICJA for approval, and they denied many of them. And that's why some of these numbers, when certain proposals got denied, then we spoke to some of the groups whose proposals got improved and said, how can we expand your program? Mm -hmm. And so that's where some of that comes in, because ICJA would only take some of those proposals, um, other things they weren't willing to fund. Mm -hmm. So that, therefore, pushed some of those up. The grant had very specific parameters. Um, one of those being crime victims. Um, so you see yeah. sojourn that comes in there who you don't usually think about as maybe homeless, but there are crime victims who become homeless. And so they be, you know, they submitted one. ICJ approved what they had. Um, and then other priorities that we had, you had to have a social worker involved in the program. It had to be social workers and police officers working together. SIU School of Medicine who's getting a bulk of that. I don't think you guys have chosen debate or consent on that. We had to have social workers. We needed that. So we reached out to them. They were able to provide the social workers. Um, 
the program theory is rather than them riding with police officers and going out on the street where maybe they might encounter somebody, we're going to use the Washington Street mission, have the social workers in the mission where the homeless people are already, 130 to 160 people a day who are coming through the mission. We'll have social workers in the building who can meet with those individuals and really catch them before they become in crisis is the goal and the hope of that. So, again, uh, some of the uh, statements there from the police who are involved in operating these programs. Uh, we'll hear a lot more with even more spending requests in front of the city council last night. So that's on the way with the council roundup from last night's Springfield City Council meeting. I'm Greg Bishop on WMAY. All right, we've got a lot more left to get to here with the council roundup from last night's Springfield City Council meeting. Already hearing of more than a million dollars worth of different programs for a co-responder program and helping tackle the homelessness issues in Illinois and particularly here in the capital city in Springfield, all being managed by the uh, Springfield police. Uh, another ordinance that's uh, up for consideration. Let's go ahead and hear that from last night's Springfield City Council meeting. 02301-3 with the Board of Trustees of Southern Illinois University on behalf of its School of Medicine and payment in the amount of $768,168 pursuant to ICGJIA grant number 102301 for the Springfield Police Department. Move for consent. So that now puts it at uh, over $1.8 million in these programs. Let's hear more about this. This is what you just was referring to. These would be the social workers that ride with our police department out on the streets, this amendment here that pays um, the school for the social workers, correct? Not for riding with police officers, but meeting with the individuals who are in, who are suffering, whether it be crime victims, at the mission. Okay, we, so we're remodeling part of the mission so that we can have offices there for the social workers and the officers to be present and uh, meet with individuals there. Well, so so you know. Uh, uh, if we could have them come Friday, I mean, I don't, I don't think I can would hold it up on debate. But so I've always advocated that we need them talking to the individuals on the street. You know, these social workers, these mental health workers, and not. I'm not feeling the impacts is what my argument has always been. So we're going to give uh, what is this, seven hundred and sixty-eight thousand dollars to the school for social workers to meet in the office somewhere. We have a uh, we currently have a co-responder program where we have social workers riding around with officers, meeting with individuals who are in crisis. So we've got that covered through another grant with Memorial Behavioral Health. This one, trying it a different way, see if we are more successful. You know, you kind of get a comparison. Then what's better, using the social workers out on the street, waiting for a crisis to happen, waiting for them to meet with individuals, or focusing their time where the individuals are, where we know the individuals are going to be at the mission. As I said, 130 to 160 a day. We know that there will be people there that they can meet with who are already part of that community, who are utilizing those services. We can get them directly into them. So that's uh, you know, Josh Dunkel responding to some of Valderman Williams' uh, comments there. Uh, more from Stunkel uh, and others in, in front of the council last night. Utilizing the social worker's time best in a squad car, or are they you know, focusing their time and energy you know, to those specific times when we know people are there, are we going to get more results? And really tracking those two and comparing them, what we've already been doing with the homeless outreach team is really, so we've got a social worker embedded with them. You know, we're, we're doing something that not really, to my knowledge, any other agency in Illinois is doing, having three separate programs. We're going to be able to compare them to and find out which really is the best way 
moving forward. And then uh, Alderman here from uh, another official with the Springfield Police Department that deals directly with the homeless population in Springfield. Here's uh, Michael Newman. Sir, how you doing? My name is Michael Newman. I am the Homeless Outreach Team Coordinator for the City of Springfield. Good evening, all the persons. I just uh, wanted to add, I heard your question about, you know, social workers going to the, the uh, missions and things of that nature versus being on the street. Um, just wanted to let you know that over 34,000 individuals passed through Washington Street Mission last year. We may not see all of those individuals, and I mean not reusing the services over and over. These are people who came. It was individual names. The world for 34,000 people. Um, these places like the Washington Street Mission, Salvation Army, a lot of the unhoused do not make themselves known on the street during the day. So it is very difficult to find them. They don't trust. So they hide in the woods. They hide in abandoned buildings. But they will utilize these services because they have to eat. They have to seek medical attention. So if we're not inside of some of these organizations, we will miss out on helping some of those that really need it. So, again, uh, you've got uh, the, the homeless coordinator there talking about some of the policies, and he continues with more from last night. We've connected over, over 40 people with their families out of state. We've also connected more people just this last year than the last three years with health care services. We've also housed more individuals in this last year than we have in the last three years altogether with the help of other agencies as well, like Helping Hands, Salvation Army. So I, I know that the, you know, it, there's always going to be the influx because we do have all of the ability to help people. So, you know, we've got other agencies, unfortunately, bringing people to the city of Springfield and letting them out in the public. So we find these people, we help them out, and sometimes we can get them to California. Sometimes we can get them to Texas with their mothers or fathers or grandparents who haven't seen them for upward of 20 years. Wow. I sent a gentleman to Mississippi, hadn't seen his children for 40 years. Wow. We're reuniting families, and you know, we're making a difference out there. And you know, I, I hope that, and, and I welcome anyone to call me in for a discussion or to come right along with us, because you don't really see the impact a lot of times unless you're right there. And when you have a young woman or a young man that's out there homeless on their last and, you know, sometimes with children and you have to get them into shelter and you make that difference that day, those are the things that won't be seen. What will be seen is the person panhandling on the corner, the people sleeping outside of Walgreens. You'll see that. And, and you know, that that is a problem. I, I absolutely concur with that. However, what's happening behind closed doors is a much larger facet of what we're dealing with. So, Michael Newman, uh, the, the homeless coordinator for uh, the city of Springfield Police Department, talking even more about uh, what they aim at doing. The uh, state of Illinois accepted in 2013 the Homeless Bill of Rights, and I've explained that to, to some. And the homeless are allowed uh, life-sustaining activities in public. Laying down and sleeping is one of them. So to go to that person and move them along, if we cannot offer them a bed, and shelter at that time, that is a violation of the 14th Amendment rights. And it opens the city to uh, suit. Right. Some cities have been sued. You know, Chicago lost a couple years ago to a gentleman that they moved along and moved his things. 
they lost, I believe, upward of six hundred thousand dollars to this wow. to this gentleman. So you know they have private rights on public property. So but again, just some of the uh, the sentiment there on why this is so important to tackle. And the police chief Ken Scarlett uh, finishes up some of his comments. We are on the cutting edge of law enforcement in Springfield, and I know that maybe we don't have anything to compare that to. But law enforcement is so much more than putting handcuffs on people and taking people to jail, and we recognize that in the city of Springfield. And I know you all. Uh, recognize that as well but that's that's my goal as a leader of this organization is to uh, utilize every facet possible when it comes to uh uh, our citizens here in Springfield. So uh, again, they uh, they have one more ordinance in this package dealing with this overall grant from the states to tackle homelessness and uh, violence prevention and so on. Or with Sojourn Shelter and Services and payment in the amount of eight hundred seventy-eight thousand one hundred four dollars, pursuant to ICJIA grant number one hundred two three hundred one for the Springfield Police Department. So all of these different grants coming together here, and uh, we're talking two hundred fifty thousand, and then three hundred seventy. Seventy-seven thousand, and then five hundred and eighty-seven thousand, and then seven hundred and sixty-eight thousand, and then eight hundred and seventy-eight thousand. What is that? That's uh, fifteen uh, two, uh, uh, like two point six, two point seven million dollars or so uh, in grants that are going to different organizations to help in these efforts. Uh, so fascinating to hear that. Coming back, we will uh, change topics to focus on the Legacy Sports Shopping Complex from last night's Springfield City Council meeting. So that's next here on WMAY with Springfield's Morning News and the Council Roundup. All right, finishing up the council roundup from last night's Springfield City Council meeting. A lot of discussion about tackling the homeless population, but they also discussed the issue of the legacy sports complex that we thought was going to have shovels in the dirt this summer, but uh, that's not the case. An ordinance last night we've heard about before, but a lot of debate about it. An ordinance dissolving a business district realtor's occupational tax, a business service occupational tax, and a business district hotel operator's occupation tax within the boundaries of South Central Business District. Alderman Sean Gregory uh, jumps in with some of his questions on this particular ordinance because, it's, again, we've been talking about this for a long time, and uh, we have now another I, you know, twist. I think, you know, as hard as we're working for, for the sports complex, I would think that they would be here to speak on it, you know, and, and give us an update and saying, hey, this is what we ran into, and this is what we need to, you know, you, the council to do for us to make this happen and, and and that's the only reason i think it needs to be on debate for us to review the information both grievance and make sure we're there thank and you and alderman ralph hanauer he also shares his thoughts saying hey this is needed uh they just need to kind of reset the clock on this business we're district. simply in, we're we're abolishing the current one and, and starting a new one so that the clock starts ticking and it goes 23 years and that's what they need to get the financing. They, they were not allowed to, my understanding is they were not allowed to break ground because they did not have the financing. The banks didn't want them to do that. It, the- so, again, uh, they need to reset this. You have uh, Alderwoman Notoriano uh, addressing some of uh, Gregory's concerns. I appreciate your concerns, Alderman Gregory. I would like to know, I would be interested to know why... Uh, this seemed to like come out of nowhere for their, uh, for the bank, um, and and why we had to go back to the drawing board. Why they wanted the full 23 years? Um, hopefully, someone can answer that question for me. Uh, but regardless, I think this is a good idea because 
it's it's not putting the city out of anything. It's just expanding the area. Um, and I think regardless of whether this complex happens, it's going to be a good thing for uh, that area of MacArthur and Stanford. And it's going to hopefully attract businesses that are going to benefit the whole, like that sort of area of town. So um, I would kind of ask everyone to sort of divorce this from the sports complex if you can, um, because I think the, the revised business district is going to be um, good for the city in general, whether well, uh, or not the complex happens. Alderman Williams uh, has a hard time divorcing this from the uh, sports complex because, well, the sports complex is really uh, outside of Shields. What's driving the ongoing efforts to get that Legacy Point area filled up with more businesses? Uh, again, here is uh, Alderman Roy Williams from last night's city council meeting. And we already knew that we was living and trying to do something in an area that has been failure after failure after failure. And you wasn't the older woman, but the fact is two or three others have tried it out there. I think it was a good thing and should be a good thing. But right now, I think we're going above and beyond to, to get something done that maybe they should have knew about financing. Most developers are required to have the financing in place before we do half of what this city council has done. So I'm just saying we can't divorce it. Why didn't they know that about the business district and the situation? And then like Alderman Gregory saying, where are they? How come they have not been in here explaining themselves to us? All along since I've been on this council and we've been talking about Legacy Shields, whatever you want to call it, sports complex. They have been taking their time and getting their way with us on everything, and then they continually. What's the update today, corporate counsel? You know, we're going to pass this, and they promise, boom, we're going to go right on into, or is something else going to pop up that says, oh, we need to come back to the city council because can they get the financing or can't they? Well, this is... This is what's been asked of us in order for them to get the financing. So this this makes no guarantee that they have financing in place, uh, but this is what the city needs to do in order for them to go obtain the financing. And, and we're willing to do this for all developers, correct? We're, we're fair. So we're going to do this anytime developers run into these kind of situations. We're going to go through all these 100 changes <laughs> to make this thing happen that obviously, to me as a developer, if I'd known the reputation of what happened out there before, I definitely wouldn't be taking us through what they're taking us through. But, you know, it's no one's fault up here. I still do think it could be a good project, but I'm tired. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of the excuses mm. and the changes and the this and that. We just have to do it. I can remember when uh, Alderman Hanauer said, come on, guys, when they were here, you got to you got to get this thing moving. It's uh, reminiscent of uh, six months out. what was it, Xanadu or something, a similar idea years ago that never materialized or the monorail from The Simpsons. Who knows? Here's Alderwoman Conley with Val Yazel talking about more of this. Um, I, I just want to be clear. This was part of our original development agreement. It was original agreement back so, in like December of 2020, I think, maybe. Right. Even. And and. At that time, this council agreed that there would be 
23 years for this to go forward on. That's what we knew that they had asked for 23 right. years. Yes. If we were to not adopt this, how much time is left on that business development? Um, let's see. It's, um, it was started in 89, so 23, 14. So we'd have maybe seven eight. or eight years, yeah. maybe so less. Seven or eight years. So in some ways, it could be said that the city council, the city, has not met its obligation that we agreed to at the beginning of this process. I mean, seven years is not 23. Right. So, um, yeah, it was brought up at that time that we knew that that was, and we also had found out at that time that there was no mechanism. Like with TIFs, we can go and, and renew a TIF, but we'd also found out at that time that there was no mechanism in place at that time to renew a business district. It indeed would need to be dissolved and then a new one. So we, we couldn't have just tacked on another no no okay there was no mechanism at the state level i wanted to, to clear that because I, I was i was at 99 percent. so um thank you there yeah. you go uh yes. so that's uh, last night's springfield city council meeting the committee of the whole they'll have another meeting next tuesday so we'll obviously be monitoring that and bring you the latest uh, so those are just some of the things that the city council is dealing with. Uh, some other headlines locally, you've got uh, HSHS experiencing a network outage. Uh, you can see the State Journal Register report on that and also uh, the State Journal Register reporting on uh, the uh, security at Chatham schools being upped out of an abundance of caution after some online messages seemed threatening. Uh, so, again, just some other uh, headlines that we're uh, looking at here on WMAY. It's 8 o'clock. Fly SPI Studios. Take the easy way out. W